Good evening, this is Pastor Logan, and uh, we're about to get started with our Wednesday evening Bible study. Uh, let me just first say I miss you guys, I miss uh, our regular Wednesday night Bible studies, and those of you that uh, uh, used to come, I, I look forward to getting back to them uh, real soon. Uh, so we just trust God that um, that will be sooner than later. So let's get into our Bible study. We're going to t continue on our journey with uh, Richard J. Foster's book, um, this, uh, The uh, Discipline of, uh, excuse me, Celebration of Discipline. And we are currently in the discipline of guidance. And I think this is a, a great study. Um, I think uh, the activity of the Holy Spirit in this very hour is of the uttermost importance and how to discern uh, the voice of the Holy Spirit is critical for us in this time. You know, <clears throat> I was thinking about this as we get, uh, as I was preparing for this Bible study. You know, at every level of um, of uh, the need for effectiveness, you know, from, let's just use football as an example. From the time you play at the lower levels of Pee Wee and Mighty Might and, and um, on into middle school and then on to the high school and then uh, uh, college, if you're fortunate to go that far, or NFL, <clears throat> what is the most critical piece in, at every level and, and more critical as you go up? Well, I think it's communication. And if you notice um, uh, at every level, if you just think back on your experiences, those of you that played sports or if you can't relate it to sports, maybe something else in your life, um, it's always been critical uh, for the uh, party to be able to discern or to hear or get clarity of guidance at every single level. <clears throat> so when you think about it from, from, the, from the college collegiate level and NFL football, you see all these guys with, with mics on and they're looking at, at um, um, things on the screen and the head coach has got here. He's mic'd up. Uh, he's hearing things from from the guys up top, I guess. Um, but it's critical that they get uh, correct information as to what's going on on the field. And, and we are the same way. As we grow in the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ, and as we be desire to become more effective Christians, <clears throat> it is critical that we are able to discern what's going on uh, in the room of the Spirit. And the person who speaks to us in that room is the Holy Spirit. Now, there are different avenues in which that will take on, but the primary way is the Holy Spirit will speak to us. He will speak to us individually, but many times He will speak to us in a collective group. And so we're talking about the discipline of guidance, and more specifically, guidance within corporate guidance. So we're in the corporate disciplines now. So we're going to start off where we left off a couple of weeks ago, and that is with number five. <clears throat> Excuse me. Number five in your, uh, if you're looking at your notes, it says perhaps the preoccupation with private guidance in Western cultures is the product of the emphasis upon individualism. The people of God have not always been so. So it's talking about us, Western culture, and our preoccupation with private guidance. In other words, no one else is going to tell me what to do. 
I'm not going to submit my plans, my ideas, my ministry, my um, thoughts uh, to anyone else. It's between me and God and, and no one else can be involved. But that's not the way it's always been. As a matter of fact, there's clear uh, precedence, in, especially in the book of Acts, that shows that routinely they would submit their desires, their, their ambitions, their, their ministries, their missions uh, to a council. And that council would then uh, see if it, felt, if it seemed right if it seemed right between them and Holy Spirit. I wonder if that would, would maybe uh, cut off some of the, the um, directions we've been in, some of the, the, the uh, places we've been that we should have not have gone, had we just been willing to submit it to a council. And with the, with the, with the idea that, you know, we trust this council and we will do exactly what this council tells us to do, even if it grates against our own desires. I wonder if it would save us from having a few messes in our life. Now, obviously, we're going to have some mess-ups. We're going to have some mistakes in our life. But what if we really did take to heart that God has put counsel around us, that there is truly a safety in the multitude of wise counsel? Uh, you know, I know of stories, and you probably know of stories also, where people have gone off on their own and said, I'm going to do this no matter what. And uh, unfortunately, uh, it has created havoc in their lives. And, and no one wants to see that. Uh, but uh, many a time, uh, matter of fact, sometimes you realize, I don't care what anyone says, they're going to do it anyway. And that's a product of Western mindset. We love our individualism. We love to do what we want to do. And, um, and sometimes it does get us into trouble. Um, and I'm not talking to you all out there. I'm talking to George Logan as well. Um, that I, too, have to be willing to surrender my ideas, my vision, my dreams, my mission at times, and submit it to someone that will have the mind of Christ a group that would have the mind of Christ, they can shoot it down if necessary. All right, so we're talking about the discipline of guidance, and in this case, corporate guidance. And, and I really trust that you are hearing, that you have taken the wax out of your ears, like myself, and want to hear what the Holy Spirit is saying. I didn't pray. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this time together this evening. Uh, I thank you for each and every person here tonight listening to us by way of uh, the streaming message. Uh, give us ears to hear. Give us a receptive heart. Help us to be compliant. Help our spirit to be compliant. Really our soul to be compliant. Knowing that you have provided us a safety net through the, through the multitude of counselors. Most specifically, the working of the Holy Spirit within that council. Thank you for it now in Jesus' name. Amen. <clears throat> Number six. God led the children of Israel out of bondage as a people. Everyone saw the cloud and the fiery pillar. They were not a gathering of individuals who happened to be going in the same direction. They were a people under the theocratic rule of God. His brooding presence covered them with an amazing immediacy. Now, I want to go back to one thing that says, says they were not a gathering of individuals who happened to be going 
in the same direction. That's what I think sometimes we think of church, a gathering of individuals who happen to be going in the same direction. Now, what, what's the difference between uh, a gathering of people, uh, a gathering of individuals versus a gathering of a group, a gathering of a group of people who have the same goals, the same, uh, who are being led, who are united, who are connected, who are entangled versus a group of individuals. Well, I'll tell you the difference. The difference is if you are entangled or if you are uh, uh, to, held together as a group and you're all interconnected, then when one person goes in a direction, they all have to go in the direction. So it would behoove them to hear and to be unified in the direction they're going. If you're a group of individuals, you don't need to, you don't really care what the other group is doing. You can get off at any place. <laughs> I remember seeing this um, just recently where a guy was going to fight and he had a band of soldiers with him. And, and the commentator uh, said that as at every fight that they get ready to go into, there's a few that leave. In other words, there's a few that, that uh, go AWOL uh, at the time of the battle. So they're all going to battle. They're riding their horses or whatever. They're going into battle. And, and about the time the battle is about to begin, uh, two, three of them, four of them will go somewhere else. In other words, every time there is some fight, this, the band, quote, band of brothers gets a bit smaller. And, and I, I think very much that church... Uh, as we know it here in our Western culture, I don't know it anywhere else. All I know is it's here. It may be the same in other places. I don't know. But I do know that our individualism has created a, a group of individuals who at any time can go their, their separate ways, can hear what they want to hear and do what they want to do, as opposed to a mindset that we are a collective body of believers and, and we are united through the blood of Jesus Christ, and we are going somewhere together. So therefore, we need to hear together what it is that God wants us to do, and where, where, where it is that God wants us to go. Because if, if one person pulls in this direction, then, then it puts strain on everyone if everyone is not convinced that that's the direction that they should go in. But when we are collectively trying to hear the Word of God and we see ourselves truly as the arm, the leg, the body of Christ, everyone fit together, joined join together, uh, and every joint supplying the need for the other parts, then we'll get, get away from our individual kinds of thinking that it really doesn't matter as long as I get mine and it doesn't really matter what else is going on. And if any, at any time I want to peel off, I can peel off. That's not the heart of God. That is not the heart of God. The Bible tells us how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. It said it's like the oil that came down from Aaron's beard and dropped down on the shoulder. It, that kind of, 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 um, of, of anointing upon the body. And, and it says that kind of anointing, it, it destroys all else. It, it, it causes there to be such powerful, you know, uh, I think I said this recently, you know, unity, uh, uh, any kind of unity is effective. Evil unity is effective. Positive unity, godly unity is effective. By the same token, disunity is 
ineffective. And so quite naturally, the, the enemy wants to distort communication, create division, because his attempt is to, to cause the body not to be effective, to convince us that we're individuals as opposed to individual parts of the same whole. So, so the Holy Spirit, just like them, when they were leaving out of Israel, uh, out of Egypt, the Holy Spirit was brooding over them. The presence of God was brooding over them and giving them direction as to where to go. Number seven, thus began the great ministry of the prophets whose function was to hear God's word and bring it to the people. Before there were kings, there were prophets who were had the sole responsibility of telling the group what thus saith the Lord. Although it was a step away from the corporate leading of the Holy Spirit, they remained, there remained a sense of being a people together under the rule of God. Mm. A people together under the rule of God. But a day came when Israel rejected even the prophet in favor of a king. From that point on, the prophet was an outsider. He was a lonely voice crying in the wilderness, sometimes obeyed, sometimes killed, but almost always on the outside. And you know, this, this so speaks, I think, today of the role of anyone who is declaring the word of God to a group, as it were, of individuals. And it's sometimes obeyed, sometimes they killed them, Sometimes, but they were always on the outside, and that shouldn't be. You know, God has put us here. He's put this body here for us to hear from Holy Spirit directions, initiatives, ways to go, what to do. And, and, and it's important for us to not treat the voice of the Holy Spirit as an outsider or try to quench it or try to put it away, but we should be entreating it. And there are ways that we'll get to in just a minute how we can entreat Holy Spirit in a corporate uh, setting. And it's vitally important, especially right now, uh, man and woman of God, that you and I learn to take advantage of all the ways in which we can keep ourselves safety by hearing clearly what the voice of the Holy Spirit is telling us. Number eight, patiently God prepared a people and in the fullness of time Jesus came. And with him dawned a new day, thus New Day Christian Church. Once again, a people were gathered who lived under the immediate theocratic rule of the Spirit. With quiet persistence, Jesus showed them what it meant to live in response to the voice of the Father. So if you go back into Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and you look at the life of Jesus, you, you'll find out that he lived by this mantra here. I only do those things I hear the Father. I only say those things I hear the Father say. And I only do those things I see the Father do. And so we're supposed to be living that same way with that same kind of reality. Uh, that we are constantly trying to hear the voice of Holy Spirit. Trying to hear what is he saying to me and what is he saying to us as a body of believers. Man, if we could get us into that place. That's where God wants us to be. That's really, I believe, part of the refining that's going on right now, I think, 
is going on right now in the body of Christ is you've left me out way too long. Now let's refine the church. Let's, let's refine the body. Let's refine the remnant. Let's refine the agency of God in the earth realm so that they are able to hear and respond to the voice of Holy Spirit. Today is, like never before, the time of the awakening of the church to the voice of Holy Spirit. We should be constantly listening. What is Holy Spirit saying to me? What is Holy Spirit saying to the church? I'm under the theocratic rule of God. What are we talking about now in this, this season of, 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 of the, uh, the election of the president? We're talking about rule. We're talking about the government. We're talking about how government should rule. Well, God, Jesus was living in, in an environment where you had the, uh, the, the Roman government and he was listening to Holy Spirit while still living in the Roman Empire. So he was still being ruled by Holy Spirit, although he was living uh, simultaneously in the Roman Empire. How did he do that? Well, he put a preeminence on the voice of God. And, and, and what he knew about his Heavenly Father is this, that God will never conflict with government unless government conflicts with God. That's good. In other words, God, God and government run together until government tries to inflict or kind of impose itself upon God. God, like, all right, you do what you got to do, and I want to influence you, but don't come over here trying to do take over me. That's that's the heart of it. And so Jesus was that way. As a matter of fact, he said it when they showed him the coin of. Uh, and his disciples are like, Who, which one are you, are you going to uh, give taxes to Caesar? And Jesus is like, hey, look at the coin. Whose, whose picture is on that coin? And they said, well, Caesar's. He said, then render to Caesar the things that are Caesar, but render to God the things that are God. Don't get the two mixed up. All right? And so we need to have that same kind of mindset uh, when it comes to our living in this earth realm concurrent with or simultaneously with uh, the government of the world. The governments of the world are, are not to have our allegiance, but they are. we are to be obedient to, to the degree that we can, but our allegiance is to the theocratic rule of Jesus Christ. He is our king. We listen to him first and foremost. We take orders from him first and foremost. And I can guarantee you there will never be a conflict. There will never be a conflict on 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 God, there will not be a conflict on what God wants to do with you relative to government if God indeed is the one who's in charge of your life. He's not going to run you. You're not going to have problems with it unless government tries to impose on the things of God. Number nine. He taught them that, that they too could hear the heaven-sent voice and most clearly, and most clearly, when together. Wait a minute, let me read that again. This is important. He taught them that they too could hear the heaven sent voice and most clearly and most clearly when together. If two of you agree on earth about anything they ask, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. For where two or three are gathered in my name, there am I in the midst of them. Now why would he say that? Why why would he use that kind of uh language? 
if it was just about the individual. He says that when two of you are together in my name, there am I in the midst of you. Now, is he saying that if we're not, if we're, if we are apart from one another, he's not there? No. I don't think he's saying that. I think he's saying that it's important for us to understand that when two or three of us, when we collectively come together, a greater, a greater anointing is there, a greater ability to discern is there, uh, a greater uh, 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 part of the whole body is there. In other words, if two or three are gathered together in his name, I'm there in the midst of you. It, it cannot mean, it cannot, you know, it cannot mean that that's the only time he's there because he's here with me right now and I happen to be by myself. So so that doesn't doesn't mean that he's not here right now. I believe what it means is that that when we come together in the body of Christ that we get a greater flow of the whole um uh holy spirit in the in the body. In other words, there's more of him when there's more of us. There's more of him around us meaning there's greater functionality of him when 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 there's more than one of us gathered together because we're getting a full use of each one's gift so that's important for us to understand that that especially you know uh, what has what has happened in these past 8 months is that we have been in some ways separated from one another um it hasn't stopped us we're still teaching the word of god we're still coming together on sundays but the the ability or the coming together on a regular basis that has somewhat been stifled. And I, I know that there's a future coming back. I know that we're supposed to get back together again uh, at some point. Um, we're going to be obedient. We're going to do what God tells us to do. We're going to listen to his Holy Spirit uh, telling us how to best come back together. We're not just going to haphazardly do this, but I just know that it's in the heart of God for us to be together it's, it's important for us to be together. This is good. This is right. Being able to talk to you by But never think that you're staying at home, that you're being separated from the body is the will of God. It is not the will of God. It is not. It is not. The Bible even says it. It says, don't forbid uh, ourselves to come in. What is it? I'm, I'm trying to remember uh, forbid not our, uh, the coming of uh, the assembling of ourselves together. I think that's how it says. Maybe a little different. That forsake not the assembling of ourselves together. You know what I'm talking about. But it is important. And 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 if you're not missing the body, something's wrong. Did you hear me? If you're not missing the body, if you're not missing the collective body, then something is very wrong with that mindset. And I'm not putting you down. I'm not saying that, that there's something wrong. I'm just saying that there's something wrong if, if you're wherever you are that you don't have a longing for that arm, that leg, that, that foot, that elbow, that knee, that, that mouth, whatever it is, there should be a longing for it. You are not an island unto yourself. And it is important for us to begin to, to really uh, embrace that and value that and appreciate the different parts of the body. Number 10. There was the assurance that when a people genuinely gathered in his name, his will could be discerned. The superintending spirit would utilize the checks and the balances of the different believers to ensure that when their hearts were in unity, they were in rhythm with the heartbeat of the Father. <laughs> Assured that they had heard the voice of the true shepherd, 
they were able to pray and act with authority. His will plus their unity equaled authority. Man, that's so good. I want you to hear that. You know, you can go out as one and have a, a degree of, of assurance. But if you have a collective that we have come together, we have prayed, we have sought the Lord together, we have uh, uh, lifted up holy hands together, we have come and we are unified on one thing. And you get a, the unity of the body going out together. Every athlete, know, every athlete knows that when his whole body is unified with itself, how wonderful a feeling that is when there are no aches and pains and one part of your body is not working the way it should. Maybe your hip ain't is not as, as uh, open as it should be. I'm speaking about golf right now. My mind is thinking about that. I've been doing these stretching exercises so that I can move my hips. You know, <laughs> they get a little frozen at times. So I've been doing all of these hip exercises, stretching out the hip joints and, and, and I'm getting better at it. I do them twice a day. And it's helping me to, to move around a little better. But man, I, I'm glad that my hips are beginning to fire. <laughs> that I can actually see them turning around, you know? And, and, and how wonderful it is when we, when our whole body begins to unify. Now that doesn't mean every part of my game is unified because it's not. I'm trying to bring all pieces together, but they sometimes fall apart. But let me tell you, it is something when we begin to unify as a body and our whole body begins to work in unison. It begins to work together as one. And, and it says there, when that happens, there is an authority. There is a confidence that comes about when we live life in unison, in unity, together. Oh, how precious, how wonderful, how blessed, how good it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. Even Jesus said, I pray that they might be one. That's important for us to understand. We are to, to seek after, go after Want, need, desire, oneness, uh, even at the expense of self, even at the expense of, of not necessarily being uh, or having to be right all the time. It's important for us to be one. Mm, that's so good. Number 11. Although Jesus was an outsider to his own people being crucified beyond the city gates, some people embraced his rulership and they became a gathered people. That is so important that we get that. Some, pe some people embraced his rulership. Some people embraced his lordship. Jesus said to a group, he said, why callest thou me Lord, Lord, and not do what I tell you to do? You know, rulership means we bow down to you. You are our Lord. That's where, that's where unity comes from is when we all bow down to the one Lord. The, the, the ram or the goat is that person who doesn't want to bow down. They love him as a savior. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. They love him as a provider. Thank you, Jesus, for you, my Jehovah Jireh, you this and that. But they don't want to bow down to his lordship. They want all the benefits, but they don't want him to tell them what to do. You know, it's important for us to understand that unity comes from the main guy, Jesus. And he speaks to us by Holy Spirit. And once we get a grasp on that, you know, what if, what if a football coach, again, I'm using sports. What if a football coach um, had players on his team, let's say that he had 40 players and only half of them did what he told them to do. You think that's going to be an effective football team? By no means will they be effective. 
And, 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 and what he's doing at the beginning of the season, hopefully, is he's trying to get everyone to adhere to his voice. Everyone to do what he's telling them to do. So that there's no ramrods, there's no goats, there's no one out there that's stiff-necked and trying to do their own thing because you can't get that far until everyone unifies and becomes one. Some people embraced his rulership and they became a gathered people. Now the company of those who believed were of one heart and soul. And no one said that, that any of the things which they possessed was his own. But they had everything in common. And with great power, the apostles gave their testimony to the resurrection. They became a fiery band of witnesses, declaring everywhere that Christ's voice could be heard and his will obeyed. I remember a story told by Pat Roberts, Pat Robertson, uh, in a book that he just recently wrote. And he was building a library uh, for the school. And he knew God had spoke to him. He really strongly sensed it. He, but they were financially, they weren't at a place to build a, a very nice, very up, uh, uh, updated, uh, uh, nice um, university um, comparable kind of library. But in his heart, he knew it. In his heart, he knew that God was speaking to him. In his heart, he believed God was telling him to build this library. But at the same time, he needed his trustees. He needed the people around him to grab hold to that vision as well. And here's what he told them. He says, he says you don't have to necessarily agree with this. You don't have to necessarily um, say, all I need you to do is don't say anything. If you, can't, if you can't believe it right now, just keep your mouth shut so that you don't spread division. You know? And they built it. And it was wonderful. And it was an upgrade to their university. Just because they were all willing to get behind the vision. And believe that the Holy Spirit was speaking to the leader at that time. And they collectively got behind it. And they built a wonderful, wonderful uh, library from that. So again, we see that what happens when we unify under the rulership or the lordship of, of, of Jesus Christ. And he's going to speak to us by Holy Spirit. Now, number 12, perhaps the most astonishing feature of that uh, incendiary fellowship was their sense of corporate guidance. In other words, that fire, that fire. They were there because of corporate guidance. It was beautifully illustrated in the calling forth of Paul and Barnabas to tramp the length and breadth of Roman Empire with the good news of the kingdom of God. Their call came when the number when a number of people had been together over an extended period of time, it included the use of disciplines of praying, fasting, and worshiping. Uh, having become a prepared people, the call of God arose out of their corporate worship. Set apart me, Barnabas and Saul, for the work to which I have called them. So these men came together um, when, when, they, when they were getting ready to launch Paul and Barnabas. Uh, prior to that, before they even launched them, they came together and did something that we need to do. They prayed, they fasted, and they worshiped. How many of us think that that's archaic? That that's just what they do. Now we've got technology. Now we've got, we've got, um, uh, you know, all of these reasons we can read a good book and find out how best to, to do ministry. No, that's not how to do it. It is fast, pray, and worship. Fast, pray, and worship. Seek God together, and God will uniformly or unified, give us a unified voice as to what to do. And that launched Paul, I mean Saul and Barnabas, uh, to the work of the ministry that God had called them to. You know, I'm, I'm convinced that when we have 
different things that, that face the church that we need to make a decision on, you know, let's call up the leadership and let's fast, pray, and worship. I just think that that's the, a good way of finding out uh, uh, and being precise as to, as far as ministry is concerned, what we need to do. Now, there are other things that may not need that level of, of agreement or that level of intensity. You know, there might just be something that is strictly uh, a, a, a business decision or, or a technical decision or whatever. But, but when it comes to ministry, it comes to the mission that has called us to, I think it's just good to fast, pray, and worship. Fast, pray, worship. Fast, pray, worship. Not look at demographics. Not look at data. Not look at any of those things that we think is what is necessary to do good ministry, but fast, pray, fast, pray, worship, fast, pray, worship. Say that fast, pray, worship. You can even do that with your family sometimes. Maybe there's a family decision that needs to be made and you bring your family together. And let's say we're going to take a half day. We're going to fast. We're going to pray. We're going to have a time of worship right in our living room because we got some decisions to make as a family. What if we really began to do that? as opposed to getting on the phone and asking everybody in the world what you should do. What if we just fast prayed and worshiped? Number 13, with all the modern methods of missionary recruitment, we could profit by giving serious attention to this example of corporate guidance. We would be well advised to encourage groups of people to fast, pray, worship together until they have discerned the mind of the Lord. So many people get hurt. So many people get thrown out. So many people uh, get uh, 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 missions aborted because we don't simply fast, pray, and worship. There's safety in that so that everyone can come out there and the Spirit of God can speak to each and every one of us and we can go out with authority knowing that the whole body is with you going forward and moving along with you. Everybody is with it. Every part is doing its part. And every part has heard the clarion call. Every part has seen what God wants them to do because it's been unified in that environment of collective worship, prayer, and fasting. Got a two couple more and we'll be done. Uh, appointed elders and apostles gathered in the power of the Lord not to jockey for position or to play one side against another, to hear the mind of the Spirit. It was no small task. There was intense debate. Then in a beautiful example of how individual guidance impinges upon corporate guidance, Peter told about his experience with the Italian centurion Cornelius. As he spoke, the ever-brooding Spirit of God did a wonderful work. When Peter finished, the entire assembly fell into silence. Finally, the gathered group came into what must be called a glorious heaven-sent, unified commitment to reject cultural religion and to hold to the everlasting gospel of Jesus Christ. They concluded, it has seems good to the Holy Spirit and to us. It seemed good to the Holy Spirit and to us. They had faced the toughest issues of their day and had discerned the voice from on high. This is the high watermark mark in the book of Acts. Man, just to have that. It just seemed right to the Holy Spirit and to us. When you get around seasoned, mature believers and you fast pray, you worship, and you come out with, it just seemed good to the Holy Spirit and to us. You know, when we bought this property out here, um, 
that we're in, our church is currently on, um, we did a version of that ourselves amongst our advisory board at the time. Uh, we did a version of, of seeking after God, you know, together, co corporately, you know. And so when we, when we had a sense, a peace in our spirit that that's what we we're supposed to do, we went forward. And it wasn't George Logan's idea. It wasn't someone else's idea. No one was fighting it. We all sensed the spirit of God was all over it. <laughs> and he was. I was look, back in the back piece of our property just the other day. We had a a, a, a bonfire of sort, and um, and and we looked out over that property and just thought, man, God saved and preserved this for us. I mean, it's a wonderful piece of property, right in town. And, and many of people could have had this piece of property, but God shielded it, shielded I think from the eyes of many, and allowed us to see it. And allowed us to corporately. No one on the team was saying, I don't know, Pastor. I don't think we should get this. This is, it just seems like it's too much or too much property or how are we going to be able to do it? No, we were unified and it happened. And here we are today, some 12, 13, 14, 15 years later. And God has so honored. He, he, he so done it because we unified on it. And others as well, other things as well, building this this facility. All of these things are marks of, of a corporate, not not uh not uh you have a say, we vote fifty-one percent. No, it wasn't any of that. We just sought God. We just sought God, and we're gonna have to do that in the future. And it's important. And I do believe, I really believe this with all my heart, those who will not be under the rulership of the Lord, God is somehow getting rid of. He's somehow uh, uh, getting that out of the way so that we can be more powerful. Because if ever the church needs to rise and shine, it's right now. To be able to see, to be able to move forward without any unified, without people trying to make a name for themselves, trying to do their own thing, trying to go where they want to go, do what they want to do, with all that kind of stuff. But a unified effort. Oh, thank God for that. 15, here we go. It was more than a victory regarding an issue. It was a victory of the method used in resolving all issues. A method used in resolving all issues. As a people, they had decided to live under the direct rulership of the Spirit. They had rejected both human totalitarianism and anarchy. They had even rejected democracy, that is, majority rule. They had dared to live on the basis of spirit ruled, no 51% vote, no compromises, but spirit-directed unity, and it worked. How about that? In other words, we don't need a 51% vote. We don't need to compromise or any of those things if Holy Spirit is giving us, uh, if we're under the Holy Spirit's rule and he's telling us what to do. There's no need. Well, I'll take a little bit and you take a little bit. Or let's put it to a big vote and we're going to decide on what we know. We get together, we pray, we fast, we worship, and we discern the voice of Holy Spirit and we move forward accordingly. That's what he's trying to do. This is our preseason man and woman of God to be able to hear from corporate headquarters what God wants us to do and move forward in that kind of authority of the whole body surging forward together. 
by the witness of the Holy Spirit. Last one, 16. No doubt those who experienced in, uh, in discerning the will of God in community contributed greatly to Paul's understanding of the church as the body of Christ. He saw, <clears throat> excuse me, he saw that the gifts of the Spirit were even, were given by the Spirit to the body in such a way that interdependence, not independence, not dependence, but interdependence was ensured. No one person possessed everything. Even the most mature needed the help of others. Mm. The most significant, insignificant had something to contribute. No one could hear the whole counsel of God in isolation. That is so important for us to see. I hear the voice of the Spirit of God saying, value, 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 value all parts of the body. Value all parts of the body of Christ. You know the eyelid right here? The eyelashes? Sometimes it reminds the eye that it's important. Have you ever had an eyelash in your eye? Oh my goodness. I, it feels, I, so it's, it's, obviously it's not the worst thing in the world, but man, it, at the time it feels like the worst thing. And, and so I'm just thinking, the eyelid saying, hey, hey, listen here, Mr. Eye, you think you're a big shot because you got a big job. You can, you, you cause people to see. But let me tell you something. I got a job too. I am the eyelash and I protect you, Mr. Eye. I watch over you, Mr. Eye. And my buddy, the eyelid, we work in unison together to make sure that you shut your eyes when you need to, that you keep dust and particles out of your eyes. And if anything sharp should come your way, we're there for you, Mr. Eyelid. So don't you ever forget. Matter of fact, once you forget, I'm a, I'm a jump, I'm a send one of my little partners down in your eye to remind you that we're still here. Well, that's the body. Let's value everyone. Let's value every part. While at the same time, Mr. Body, make sure that you're under the rulership of the head. Don't get ahead of yourself. Don't think you're important by yourself. You're important because you're a part of a body. The fact that you're in the body makes you important because you have a part to play. You're not the most important, but you are important. God bless you. I hope you've learned something tonight. Let's reverence, let's reverence uh, the guidance of Holy Spirit. Let's reverence uh, are getting together and worshiping, praying, fasting together. There may be times where we just need to fast and pray, where I say, you know what, let's get together, and I don't know what to do exactly, but I do know who knows what to do. And for us together, come together, pray fast. It, it may be 24 hours, it may be half a day, it may be just come together and pray. You know, y y listen, there's some things that are more important than your schedule more important than the agenda you have for your day. And that is discerning the voice of the Holy Spirit in our lives. Thank you for listening tonight. Remember, um, uh, this is Wednesday night. We normally receive a, a, our offering. Uh, if you care to give, you can do so by uh, giving uh, online, newdaycc.com, or you can give, uh, you can mail it in, uh, uh, excuse me, 1023 East Union Street. We appreciate the support that we've received all through this. To God be the glory. He has sustained us through the faithful giving of people like yourself. Thank you for that. Continue giving. We bless God for it. Let's pray over our offering tonight. Father, we thank you for each and every person who's giving, has given, will give into the, to New Day Christian Church. We are so grateful for your provision. We call you Jehovah 
Jireh, our provider. You are our source. You are our sustainer. We thank you for that. We thank you, Father, that as we uh, take the time to give towards the work of ministry, that you take care of all of our other needs. And then you increase our capacity to do good. And we receive that by faith today. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you, everyone. Thank you. Remember, this coming Friday, we have uh, Friday Bible study. I mean, not Friday, but high noon. Then Sunday, God willing, we'll be there. Uh, uh, 8.30 uh, uh, service and a 10 o'clock service. You are welcome to come. Even if you're not a member of this church, let's say that your church may not be meeting uh, yet, but you've been wanting to get out, you're welcome to come to New Day Christian Church, uh, 8.30 or 10 o'clock. We're having a good time. We get right in, get out, preach the word. Uh, fellowship, see one another. We wear masks. We do all that kind of stuff so that you'll feel comfortable. But we desire for you to come and be a part of it. God loves you. I love you. We appreciate you. Have a wonderful rest of evening. Amen.